feel pride in their hearts. And it'll really encourage those who feel like they're faint of heart. And the title kind of will show you that. It's about fake Christians. And really, it's getting to the point of when you start feeling fake. Like, have you, have you guys ever felt fake before? Like, you're just kind of acting like a Christian? You ever find it hard to actually be a Christian? To do what God says? Or like it's just not worth it sometimes? Well, today, you might be upset that Christianity might feel fake to you. But you shouldn't doubt God because of it. And Christianity will be hard at times. And we'll mess up. But we can't call a real God fake because of it. And we can't start ignoring God in our lives because of our mistakes and other people's expectations. See, God desires to give us a real existence, one with abundant life. We have the chance of our lifetime through Jesus Christ to have an abundant life that's filled and not fake, but really truly filled with the truth. If we are only willing to completely just committed to God in Christ and listening to the Holy Spirit. And of course, we're going to go to some scripture for the core of this, because that's where it all comes from in the first place. And it's going to be Matthew 25, 31 through 46. So while everybody's getting there in their paper copies, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background on Matthew. The book of Matthew, it's all about, there's, there's two major kind of themes in it, and the first one is that it's about showing the continuation of the Old Testament storyline into the New Testament and through Jesus Christ. And this particular section that we're going to be looking at, it calls back to something called the Day of Atonement, and it's in Leviticus chapters 16 and 17, for anybody that wants to reference that later today. But that's a holiday that in the Israel that was God gave to them to kind of continually reveal himself to Israel and later us through it. And there's two sacrificial animals in this, this holiday. One is to cleanse all the people of both sins and guilt for a whole year. They're actually they're both for that. The other theme, it shows the other major theme in the book of Matthew. It shows the difference between the people who accept Jesus versus those who don't. And you look in chapters 14 through 20, it's about how God's kingdom is inverted from what we expect. There's what we expect, and then God's kingdom, and they're inverted. And then there's 21 through 25, and it's about the contention between the two kingdoms, between Jesus's and ours. But before we get into this section right here, there's two really key pieces of info for the teaching that God laid on my heart. The first is that Jesus is talking about believers in this section. He's not talking about Christians and sinners in this parable. And in this story, the sheep are the pure, sinless people, and the goats are the ones with sin. It's very, it's kind of critical. So let's get in the text. You guys ready for the word of God this morning? Because I am. Good. All right, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I'm just going to do a little side right there. Note that it's for the devil and his angels. He'd never prepared it for us. All right, 42. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So basically, you got a bunch of people that were together, and he separated them and said to to one group, hey, you know, you did one good thing to at least one person, so you're going to heaven. Come on. And to the other group, he said, you didn't do a good thing one time to one person, even one person. So, you're going to hell. Man, why would he do that? I mean, start thinking about it. It's a really legitimate question. What was the big difference between them? And remember that, after all, God is directing this at a group of his followers, which is not how we want to think about this right away. But when you look into this, you find out that according to Old Testament Jewish law, which they all had to learn as kids, that sheep were pure and sinless, and that goats carried sin and were cursed to death. So that's the the tradition and the meaning behind this, as far as the sheep and the goats. And going back to that Day of Atonement that I referenced earlier, they would sacrifice a lamb, a baby sheep, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, and only think of lamb chops, to purify them of their sins every year. But less known is that they also ceremoniously put their sins on a goat, and they send that goat out into the wilderness to die in their place. It's called a scapegoat. You guys might be familiar with the term, but not the origins. So the goats are Christians that are bearing sin, and then the sheep are Christians without sin to judge. So when we look at the sheep and the goats, you've got righteous and sinful. We think of followers of Christ and people who rejected God outright. It's how, you know, I initially wanted to think of it. 
And if that were really the case, this would be really easy. We could just say, hey, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a believer, but that's not the case. Jesus is talking to his followers. He's talking to his believers. He's talking to Christians. So what does it look like today to not only be a believer, but to also be a pure sheep worthy of heaven and not a scapegoat that's cursed to hell? Well, it's kind of like this. You're sitting here on a Sunday morning, and the pastor has you bow your head for the altar call. But you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, saying that that this was for you. But it just seems too difficult or scary to respond and give the sin, the junk in your life, over to God. So Jesus will get rid of it, because that's what he does. So you go home, and you just try to deal with it yourself. But your Jesus time starts feeling empty. And when you try to do what you know is right by God during the week, it just starts to feel kind of cheap. Well, as it starts to feel kind of cheap, it's like all that fake since choosing to try and do it on your own has come into play. So when the Holy Spirit is telling you to give in to God, but it's hard or scary, we're going to talk about today that this is how to be a pure sheep and not end up a goat in hell. So we're going to go through that in three major ways. The first is that we're going to look at what causes a counterfeit Christian so you don't end up faking it. And we're going to look at what a fake looks like, like what fake looks like in the Christian life so that you can get rid of it. And then my favorite, how Christ restores us in genuineness to God so that you can have true life again. And as any of you guys that are familiar with any of my preaching, I tend to go really deep, really fast. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go deep and then I'm going to bring it back up for a breath of air so that we are getting deep and getting the meat of it, but also able to keep going and really get what God's got for us out of this passage. So let's look at the first part. What causes you to fake Christianity in your life? And honestly, there's, there's two main causes of fake it. The first, it is the devil. When God is speaking to your heart, but how it's kind of scary pops into your head, or how it's too hard and you, you don't feel like you can do it pops into your head, Both of those are lies from the pit of hell. Just putting it out there in pure honesty. But the selfishness is the other main cause of it. And this is exactly what the devil tries to do. He tries to get us to make us selfish because if we become selfish at all when it comes to our relationship with God, we will end up trying to do it on our own. But since it's only through Christ that we can do it, we just end up trying to fake it bearing our own sins like the goat. So, are we going to give ourselves completely to God? From waking up in the morning and telling God, I am yours, and asking him what he would have us do today. What are your plans, God? To being open for God to speak to you on the job through the Holy Spirit. Hey, I know that person's really being a jerk to you right now but you know I love them, and I want you to show my love to them. Or, you know that relationship's not good for you, 
It's taking you away from me. But are we ready to give up our fears and do what God asks? When he asks? Or do we want to go through life as a goat bearing our own burden? See, and this is where we start to bring it back up. God doesn't want any of us to have to fake it. That's why we are Christ, so we don't have to fake it when we fail it. Christ will take our failures and he'll get rid of them as the scapegoat so we can have real life. You know, one of my favorite things to do with scripture is to find other scripture that has the same heart in it because nothing really reveals scripture to you like more scripture. So we're going to go to Proverbs 14, 11 through 13. And I put it up on the board. You can have the reference. I encourage you guys to take notes. And that's why it's on the board. That's why we have it. Because it can be very risky to take a passage of Scripture without knowing what's around it. So I always try and provide that reference so that you guys can do the research and find it for yourself. But verse 11 The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. That's pretty easy to accept. It's like, okay, well, yeah, the wicked should be destroyed, and the upright should flourish. We like that. Verse 12, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That's a little more like, okay, all right. Um, As long as I'm doing what's right, I won't end up in death. That's good. But we don't talk about verse 13 very much. Even in laughter, the heart may be in pain. And the end of joy may be grief. Man, covering up pain with laughter when you're in grief, trying to see joy, that really kind of sounds like faking it to me. And many people think that it's fine to fake it in some area of their life until they can make it. But that requires you to keep it to yourself and not to give that area to God. Now, if you remember, the sheep are pure, they're sinless. If you keep any sin for yourself, then you aren't pure. God is an all-or-nothing kind of guy. You either give your life completely to him, or you will find yourself a goat. Foolishly trying to bear your own sin and being cast out in the wilderness to pay the cost of those sins, in the wilderness to die. You simply can't fake it till you make it. You either make it or you don't. Many people try to fake it till they make it, but in reality, we make it in Christ who took our sin to hell. So it wouldn't take us to hell with it. And then we make it into that inheritance, we make it into the heavenly kingdom, unless in our failure, which honestly, we all fail. That's never fake, so we just have to deal with it unless we choose to fake it instead of giving it to Christ. So really, it's kind of more like you make it till you make it, unless you start to fake it. When we don't give ourselves to God in the morning, or when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit tell us to go talk to the hurting, or we choose a person over God, we can either choose to fake like we're still good with God, or we can make it real by asking God's forgiveness and move on trying to do better in the knowledge that Christ is bearing it for us. Because that's really what he did. 
See, both the lamb and the scapegoat are symbols of what Jesus did. Because on the cross, he paid the price for our sins. But he did also take the sins away. He went down to the wilderness of hell, took our sins there so that they would be separate from us and we could not be condemned by them. That's why there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But that's in Christ Jesus. And if you are feeling fake today, it's, it's really because there are some areas in your life which you know aren't right with God, which the Holy Spirit is telling you and your heart right now needs to change. Because Christ was both the lamb who sacrificed in our place, and he's also the scapegoat who bore those sins and took them away so we would not be judged by them. And when it comes to it, you'll either give up, try to fake that change in your life, or you will give it over to Jesus who will take it and change you. So pretty much, life, he's just putting life back in you. And it can only be described as abundant life. And that word abundant, it's a fully filled life. It's a fulfilled life in Christ. So we went deep, and then we came back up to Christ, because that's the surface. That's where we all enter in through. And I could stay here all day. I really could. We need to to keep going and get the the fullness out of the scripture. So you guys ready to move on? Anybody need a breath of air before we go? No? Okay. All right, then we'll move into the next section, which is, is there something fake that's been hiding in your life? It's a very important question to ask because if you miss it, it starts to grow because when there's fake, you have to either reveal it and get rid of it, or you have to keep covering it up, which really just makes it expand and grow in your life to the point where eventually you're trying to bury it on your own, which none of us want. And the other thing is there's something counterfeit in your walk with God that makes you feel cheap, because that's a warning sign. And I'm going to another scripture, because that's where my heart cry is and where God chose to speak through us the mo- to us the most. He gave us that whole book. I'm going to use it. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I know it breaks his heart. There was no difference between the sheep and the goats on that day. During the day. That's critical for those of you that have ever looked into how a shepherd works. They were just one flock. They're called the same, they're treated the same, they were known as one group. And even back in Bible times, goats and sheep were called by the same term, sheep. But the biological differences only came out when it came to the sacrificing, and you would see the difference between a sheep and a goat. And God calls this out in the scripture that we're talking about. See, 
It isn't until night falls that they are separated. When the sheep takes them, when the shepherd takes them into the pen, he separates them. And it isn't until we die that we will be fully judged for our sins. And there's going to be lots of people who say they are Christian and may even act like they are, but in the end they aren't. See, we are all sheep, but in the end, are you really just going to be a goat? I certainly hope not. We can't be wishy-washy Christians. You are either going to be gods or you're going to be gone. And the choice is completely yours. Are you going to watch TV instead of reading your Bible? Because you see it in the beginning of the Gospel of John. The Word. Since the very beginning, Christ and the Word, the same. You want to know God? Get into the, into the Bible. It's so simple. It's so easy. But it's so critical. And we like to skip it. Saying, okay, God, when are you going to talk to me? When he's written an entire thick book to us that says the same thing over and over and over again, which is, I am God, I love you, I want a relationship with you, and I will go to amazing lengths to have it happen. And he has. Which this isn't in my notes, but it was a revelation to me recently. We, I used to think of the law as, man, that's kind of tough. How, how is that nice, God? But then I, I looked into it a little bit more, and I found out that in those days, all the other religions, the God was just, did whatever he wanted. It was just like if they had to try and appease him in a million different ways. And if they didn't do it just right, or even if the, the, what they thought was a deity didn't like it, could just strike him down dead. So there was no guaranteed way. There was nothing safe in the cultures at that time at all. But that's all that the Israelites knew. And actually, the law is an amazing act of mercy. Because during its time, it was the only thing that offered a guaranteed, safe way where everything was clear-cut. It was the way. Your other option was, hey, you might be killed any single time. But with God, it was, you do this, you will be with me, and it will be amazing. But God didn't want to do that off the bat. See, before the law, it was relationship. And then the law came because the Israelites wanted that. They wanted to do the same acts that everybody around them did. And God said, okay, I'm still going to find a way to meet you, even with the limitations you've put on me. And that was the law. He found a way to meet with his people, to have a relationship with them through how they wanted to restrict him. If that is not the height of mercy, I don't know what is. And he just continued it. Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't eliminate it. No wonder he's the way. He's the continuation of the way. It's amazing, and I'm completely off track, but that was just in my spirit, so I said it, so you're welcome. <laughs> All right, I don't know where I was, but I will get back there. Oh, the difference between the sheep and the goat. Yeah? Or, you know, reading the Bible is important. The other one, you know, sometimes we talk about people on Facebook instead of talking to God in prayer. 
And are we going to choose, we can either choose to do our own thing as goats, or are we going to choose God as sheep? Are we going to try to bear our own lives? Or are we going to really give it our all to him? See, God wants us to be his today, and you can be through Jesus and walk in him through the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Man, see, we try and get upset at God, like, oh, I should do this, huh, God? Well, I don't know, and that's why it gets scary, and that's why we try and fake it, but that's Satan going around as a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour, but he can't because he's not a real lion. The real lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the only one with that authority. And God's not like that. He's not trying to destroy us. That's Satan. When, God, when Satan tries to de- tell you that God might destroy you, he'll try and tell you that hell's for you and try and threaten you with it because he wants you to start trying to work out how to protect yourself and take care of yourself instead of having a relationship with God. Because then you end up bearing it on your own instead of accepting Christ. Christ was the blanket sacrifice for everything, eternal, not just a one-year festival, even though that was definitely something to celebrate. And now we have something to celebrate for all eternity. Man, that makes worship pretty easy if you really get it. So, people will fall into the fakeness of religion, because they find it hard to do what God asks while carrying the weight of their own sin. That's what makes it so hard. Religion is hard when you're trying to carry the weight by yourself. But Christ said, no, I carried it. Let me carry it, please. He's begging us, standing at the door and knocking. You'll see it in Revelations. So we must give up our sins at the price of taking on Christ. See, the the believer's prayer, the, the mantra that we tend to say, you know, you say this and you will be saved. A part of that is that you believe in your heart that he's God, that he was fully man, that he saved you, but also you confess him as Lord. That takes it a whole nother step. Is he really ruling our lives? That's what this is. It's all about. Okay, Christ, here's all of it. I give it all to you. Man, You can't take half the gospel. It won't work. And that's the goats. They want heaven, but they don't want Jesus. So one day we will be separated, and we'll have to answer for our sins. Did we take the sacrifice of the lamb and escape our sins through the goat? Or did we try to bear it ourselves and try to do it through religion, our own goodness or beliefs? Will we succumb to trying to cover up our failure to choose God over selfishness by trying to talk about things that, you know, they might seem good, good things that we do, instead of really seeking God to know him in his word? Or by convincing ourselves we don't have problems and that we're just happy instead of going to God in our prayers with our hurts and our sadness so that he can bear them. 
when your relationship, man, this is, the more I read this, the more this part just messes me up. When you feel like your relationship with God, your Christianity has become cheap. It's because trying to have a relationship with God without relying on God has caught up to you. Let me read that again. When you feel like your relationship with God, your Christianity has become cheap. It's because trying to have a relationship with God without relying on God has caught up to you. See, I'll start coming back up for air. I kind of went extra deep. I didn't mean to go that deep. But if we don't go deep, I don't know. Like I, I have to go deep. I want to know him so bad. But you also need air to breathe. So we'll take it back up to Christ. God, he really wants us to have an eternal life with him. And he wants it starting today, right now. And he did that through Christ, who was the sacrificial lamb, taking on our sins and as the goat to remove them as far away as utterly possible, as far as the east is, as the west. And he paid the price of those sins, dying in our place and going to hell in our place. And we are either sheep or goats. We will either be sent to heaven or hell. Today, God wants us to all be his sheep who will be with him forever. That's his choice. And through Christ, our sins are paid for and removed. All we ever need to do is give everything over to God, our resources and our failures, and we will inherit eternal life. That's it's really extremely powerful. It's the gospel, though. And no matter how many different ways you look at the Bible, you find out that it's all the perspective, just different angles on the same thing. It's all the good news of Jesus Christ and our life with him. All right, now to my favorite part, where God restores us, where Jesus restores us to genuineness with God. So let's ask the questions that'll let ourselves open up, that the word starts pouring into us. That's why it cuts like a double-edged sword between the bow and the, ma- the bone and the marrow. It'll open us up. That's why it's so important to read God's word. Man, apparently I'm really on God's words today, so <laughs> that's good. Do you depend on Christ to sustain you when it gets hard? Or do you give him your problems and depend on him for your answer? And 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7, and the context of this is amazing, but I don't have time to go into it right now. So here's the verse. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Basically, trust in God, and he will take care of you. (laughs) That's awesome. That's good news. It's amazing. Every day as we go throughout the day, we can trust God to lift us up when the time is right, as we follow the guidance of and act in the power of the Holy Spirit, act in the authority of Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. And this is a really strong truth. You can't be a fake Christian if you rely on God. You can't be. It's impossible to be a fake Christian if you're relying on God because God's the one that makes you like Christ. 
See, the Holy Spirit guards us from being fake through guiding us to the truth. Christ guards us from becoming counterfeit by bearing our failures and giving his value in place of our cheap tries. I could preach on that all day. And we can avoid becoming fake by fixing ourselves on the fact that God's will for us is to be honored and lifted up by him. Another random aside, but probably not so random, because I feel like, I, I don't know, somebody's trying to argue this in their head or in their mind with um, this concept, but it's, it's another lie. And the concept is that, you know, how could a good God forgive somebody who's done horrible things and then have somebody else go to heaven with them, and you've got the same person that did these horrible things to them next to them. Isn't that the same as eternal torture? But you're forgetting something. We're new creations. All things are made new. You're not the same. It's not the same evil person next to the person that they suppose that they hurt in here on earth. No. New, entirely new creations. So God is not trying to put evil with good and saying, okay, it's all all right. No. He's turning evil to good. All right. So moving on. The Holy Spirit, he just read that. Um, So how often do we depend on God? Do we feel like we can't start the day if we haven't asked for God to guide us? Do we listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to us during the day? Do we actually do it when he tells us to encourage someone? Or trust him when he tells us a friend is not a real friend, but is harmful to us? Or can we sleep at night without thanking God for all he did for us throughout the day? That right there will revolutionize your life if you just start thanking God for what he's done for you. Because he'll reveal to you the amazing blessings he's done for you all throughout the day. Now let's bring this whole thing back up to the surface. See, counterfeit Christians, they rarely worry about how fake their life has become. After all, they've got everyone fooled, usually including themselves. However, there's three markers. They've rejected the help of God. They've denied that sin separates them from God. And they've chosen their own efforts over the protection of God. So the real questions are, what's fake in your life? And what haven't you completely trusted God with? See, right in this moment, you can have a genuine relationship with God and true abundant Christian life in the guidance of the Holy Spirit through Christ who took all our sins and failures, paid for them, dying cursed to hell, and conquered it all, rising victoriously to heaven, representing us with God Almighty. Right now, you can have value again by casting your cares on God and simply trusting him. And we all have cares, right? We all failed. 
right now, you can have value, again, just by casting your cares on God and trusting him.